What is up, gentlemen's double crew? We are back on a Monday. Not a fine evening here in Houston. We got a little bit of rain, but much better than the 12 degrees we had two weeks ago. Got the full crew in the booth this week. We got Vinny. How you doing today, buddy? What's going on? Happy to be here as always. Good, good, good. And we got Jakey, who is playing a little hooky this week uh, and headed down to Virginia, which some people would be like, well, that's not south, but uh, it's south enough for him to play some golf. So we're looking forward to talking about that trip. Jakey, what's going on? Hola, amigos. <laughs> He's brushing <laughs> up on your Spanish. So when you yeah, visit Vinny in a couple south, couple months or <laughs> either one. Uh, well, exciting episode this week. We had not only the WGC this past weekend, but we also had LPGA. We had a alternate field event in Puerto Rico. And actually, we also had the seniors playing out there with Phil. And I don't know how Phil did. Don't really care. But I saw that Mike Weir was in the lead. So hopefully he got it done. Do we know? Jakey did, or Vinny, do we know if Weir won? Or? I we don't know. know. Kevin Sutherland won. Kevin Sutherland. Okay, wow. Good for him. Yeah, you know, I looked on like Wednesday, Thursday, I guess, or Friday, because I think they only played three rounds. And it's like Steve Stricker on the leaderboard, Mike Weir, Phil. I was like, wow, look at this. It's like 10 years ago, PGA Championship leaderboard. I wasn't really like paying attention, but I uh, I left Golf Channel on like after WGC coverage on my one TV. And I went downstairs and turned it on. And that was finishing up. And on the, the last hole, like Weir needed birdie and he left it like. I mean, he might have only hit it like halfway. It was an embarrassing oh, no. oh. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, he probably hasn't been in contention since he won the Masters, you know, like 15 years ago. That so. might be true. Um, so anyways, yeah, so a couple shout-outs real quick. One, like everybody else in the golf community, we want to give our, our condolences, prayers up for Tiger. Hopefully he is past all the bad stuff. I'm sure everybody saw, but he had a very, very bad car accident. Um, there was... Apparently no substances involved, whether you believe that or not, don't know. But uh, Tiger had multiple surgeries. Looks like he had fractured ankle, bunch of broken bones, but seems like everything is going much better. I saw he tweeted last night, you know, thank you for everybody wearing the red and black on Sunday, not only on the PGA, but also the LPGA and the seniors. So I thought that was all cool that everybody came together. Hopefully he's doing better and, you know, hopefully we see him back out there at some point. But I think everybody, including Rory, said it the best. We're just happy that. We didn't lose him, uh, and he, he's still you know with us. So hopefully Tiger gets better sooner rather than later. Uh, we also had an exciting finish down in Puerto Rico, which is where Victor Hovland got his first win a few years ago. Brandon Grace <clears throat> went eagle birdie to beat uh, Johnny Vegas, who had, uh, when I looked, I thought he had it won. He had like a two or three shot lead with like a couple holes to play. So Brandon Grace got his first win in five years, a guy who, you know, was one of the top players in the world for, for a few years. So we'll see what happens with, with Brandon or maybe he has the Puerto Rico curse like Tony has right now. Um, or maybe he goes the Hovland way and is able to get a win uh, following up on the success he had this, this past weekend. We also had Nelly Corda winning on the LPGA Tour. That is back-to-back weeks that the Corda sisters have now won. It's the first time since, uh, and I didn't even know this, that Annika's, um sister was on tour or is it mother i'm not even sure um, I, I, I just saw that yeah the last time two i think it was sisters one back to back it was the uh yeah the sorenston so it's uh we'll see what happens uh, but nelly fantastic player she hits it pretty much as far as most of the men out there on tour she's hitting at three bills um power player definitely not someone that uh is the traditional female i'd say lpga player 
she's starting to change the game a little bit for them, and she's exciting to watch. Only you know in her in her low twenties, uh, her sister is very good as well. Uh, but a good field out there. Uh, speaking of Annika, she has not played in what what they say fourteen years, I believe. Oh, it was like thirteen, yeah, something 13 like thirteen or fourteen years, and went out there and made the cut. Uh, this past weekend at the LPGA event, she—I saw afterwards. She said she's not going to play again. We'll see if that's true or not. But just an incredible feat that she was able to go out there. She beat people like Daniel Kang and others, uh, Maria Fossey, some other players out there that have been. Well, Maria hasn't been playing well, but Danielle's been playing well, and some others. And she was able to beat them. Uh, and she didn't play as well on Saturday or Sunday, but awesome that uh, she made the cut for the LP, LPGA event. Pretty, pretty cool there. Guys, any, any thoughts or anything you want to say about that? I'll go real quick. I mean, I think, I think it's a cool story. Um, one of the greats of the game. Uh, and I just think it shows you like a lot of female players. I mean, they have another hurdle that they have to kind of get, get through that, that male players don't have, which is like, if they want to have a family, they have to take time away from the game. And sometimes that time ends up being, um, kind of more than we see in the male in the male game and so you know you have these great players like Sorenstam and Ochoa and and you know uh even to a degree I know MB Park has taken time so it's it's crazy it's crazy that you can just step back in but it shows you it's kind of one of those things where their their prime is uh can be cut short very quick right is it I mean shouldn't she she's got her kids are all older now shouldn't she just try to play again or do you think it's just kind of a eh I've done everything I've won everything (laughs) <laughs> well, what's the point? I really just wanted to come out here and kind of get the competitive juices going a little bit, and now I'm going to go back into playing with the uh, the old folks on Saturday mornings. Yeah, well, I think you touched on part of it, though. Like, could she come back out and, like, make cuts and and cut some checks? For sure. But is she – can she still do it consistently enough, and can she compete with, like, some of the young guns that are out there? Because I think when we, like, talk – not to go too deep into it, but when we talk about it, like those players that hit it really short and contend are so consistent. They focus so much on this game. It's insane. And then you have some of the other female players now who are in the speed game. Um, so I think it, w- it would be a lot of work. I think she could do it, but it would be a lot of work. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I saw an incredible stat, and I'm sure everybody else saw this, but she's made ninety, almost 98% of the c- cuts uh, in the events that she's played in over her career, which is just is absolutely wild. incredible. Um, Vinny, did you, uh, I, anything on, on Annika? No, I just, I, I don't think you can hate her for trying to step back out at all. It's just, you go out and you, you do what you know you can do. And, um, whatever happens, happens kind of thing. It's like, I don't want to say, let's have a career like Charles Howell, but, uh, you know, she can still go out there and do that. I think she still has a year to play. So, um, you don't go out there and try to win. You go out there and get comfortable again, and then uh, you make the changes you need to to adapt to all the new players and new new styles, and uh, then you go from there. So I'm happy to see her back. That's all. You think if you took her out to Wildcat and she gave you five shots aside, you could beat her? No. Zero percent chance. <laughs> you know, just even with the new Shrixons in the bag, you don't think nope. you got it? You... Okay. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got. Uh, I did also want to note that the, the Gentleman's Cup is now only three months away Whoa. from uh, participation. Yeah, crazy. We're getting close. Got a lot of details that uh, have been ironed out over the last couple of weeks. So, you know, we're starting to get some things cooking. We did also lose our, I'm going to say he's our spirit leader, J 
Jamie mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. past week. He's got to uh, go to like his fifth or sixth cousin's wedding. Uh, you know, he's, he's skipping <laughs> the team to go for that. But uh, we were able to get uh, another good guy, Jeff, in there. So <clears throat> excited for that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to to that. Um, this is also uh, a special week. This is the last event this coming week, which is Arnold Palmer. We'll talk about here in a minute. Well, one year ago today, this was the last event that was played before everything melted down with uh, COVID and coronavirus and all that stuff. So uh, that was the last time we had like full field fans and everything. So crazy that uh, we've already had a year of of that. Um, Let's jump right into the clubhouse, guys. Wild weekend, WGC workday open at concession. Supposed to be in Mexico, but because of COVID, they moved it to, to Florida. Incredible golf course, one of the hardest golf courses in America. I don't think a lot of people had seen it. We're able to get uh, four days of viewing on the golf course and watch, you know, what is the best field in in golf uh, because it's the top-ranked players try to take their uh, piece of history and win a WGC. We had all guys like Brooks Kapka, Hovland, Morikawa, Horschel, Scheffler, the list goes on and on, trying to win uh, the WGC this week. And the first, first real, um, you know, bigger pay raise, more FedEx Cup points, uh, a, a more of a serious kind of major vibe uh, as we get into the uh, 2021 calendar season. Guys, I guess before we talk about kind of results and, and our thoughts on how some of the players did, what do we think about uh, concession overall as a golf course? Jakey, let's, let's go to you. Yeah, I was texting you guys all weekend, and I was kind of waffling back and forth. And I think I've finally boiled it down to my, my, like final, um, my final thesis on, on concession. This is what I think. I do not think it is a good golf course by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I do think that it is a course that I want to watch pro golf on because there is like the potential for any player to be nuked right off the face of the earth at any particular hole. And to me, that's something we, we don't have. Like, I think the word that I was using was variance. Like we don't have that kind of volatility or like variance in scoring much at all, even in majors, like in majors, it's, it's, you know, it might be tougher sledding, and so the scores might be higher, but there's not that much of a separation. And I think that that is one of the things that was really ent- uh, entertaining to watch this weekend. Like, there were not like bogeys lurking around corners, there were like triples lurking around corners, which is cool. I think it's something different that we don't get to see. Benny, what'd you think about uh, concession? I think that. Jake hit it kind of right on the head. Um, I still thought it was a great... I think the course plays very well for a, a professional event um, in, in exactly that, that you saw players, um, you know, make birdies one day and make a triple the next on, on the same hole. And um, one that that's really good for viewership and, you know, TV viewing in general. But um, I think it kind of takes... A little bit away from the argument of, you know, rolling back some of the equipment and saying, guess what? There's probably something we can do with golf courses to make this tougher. And uh, I know that obviously, like, barely any of the people in the field saw this course, but um, I would love to see uh, more rotation through the courses, uh, new courses coming in and out of the calendar year and for this exact reason. Um, 
and it's it's the unknown. It's not that these guys aren't good. It's that um, certain courses they know where not to make mistakes. In this course, they didn't have that knowledge, and then you start to see the numbers creep up. So um, I, I would love to see it again, but not even next year, maybe in like two years um, on a rotation. Vince, have you been hanging out with um, Webb Simpson? I'm just asking. Uh, no. I haven't. It's it's interesting because your comment was exactly what Webb Simpson thinks, which is like you don't need to do anything with equipment. You can just tweak the co- the golf course, which I want to say before I even let Dougie jump in is not true. This is one of those scenarios where this course is set up so penal that that gives you that potential, like that potential for scoring. But like those greens weren't even really that treacherous the way they had them set up they had the pins in flats a lot of times so if these guys missed their chip was tough but like they really didn't make it that hard on them so yeah. i don't know i just want to make sure we don't get those things confused no i i agree with you I, my argument maybe i didn't word it correctly was definitely more favoring a rotational calendar year versus 100 percent equipment rollback so i am sure okay. okay yes what about you doug what do you think uh yeah i thought great golf course <clears throat> first time i'd really seen it you know i did a little research last year last week before we got on the pod and talked about it i thought that uh yeah i thought it was a great course i mean you saw some people like hovland make uh quads you may you saw some guys make some eagles uh, i think you know you both kind of hit it on the head it was set up so that if you hit good shots uh you could get rewarded if you hit bad shots you were penalized and i i liked it like that you know i'd say it was it was it was pretty tight. There was a lot of uh, aggressive tee shot lines that they had to take off the tee if they wanted to score, especially on some of the par fives and even some of the par fours, like 16, which if you hit the fairway, you only had about 100 yards in. But if you didn't and you hit it too far left, you hit it in the water. And I saw a lot of guys make bogeys and doubles. A few guys try to hit it out of the water like Horschel on, on Sunday. But uh, yeah, I thought all in all that it was a great golf course. I thought it was one of the only golf courses I've seen in quite a while that had three real par fives that were tough for the guys to get to and two. Uh, the one, they cut off the water enough. They were you know, only like 180, 200 yards in. But the other three, I thought, uh, made for, for great golf. And uh, yeah, it was an exciting, exciting event. I think it's always exciting just because you get to see a new golf course played and it's not one that they go to every year. So I think that's part of the reason I kind of agree with Vinny. I like to see a rotation. I think we discussed this not last week, maybe the week before that, that it gives the guys less less time to prep because basically they're on to the next week or they're on to what the major courses are for the year. But, uh, you know, if they're they're playing at the same place and they just go back and look at their yardage book or whatever the notes were that they had for for that event from the previous year. If they uh, do a rotation, you don't have as much of that, and I think it. Uh, I think it would definitely help um, some of the parity with the argument around what you guys both described. I think you can go both ways. We've just we've had multiple arguments about it. I don't want to get into it today, but mm-hmm. uh, I thought uh, I thought all in all the course was, in my opinion, was good. I thought the tournament ended up being great. Again, I think we've had some great weekends here last week at Riv. And even going back to some of the events in Hawaii and, and, uh, you know, it's been some great golf to watch on, especially on Sundays coming down the stretch. So, uh, excited to see, uh, if that continues this week at the, at the Arnie Palmy. let's, uh, let's get into our champion, Colin Morikawa, a guy who, you know, obviously won, won the major last year at Harding park played 
uh, fairly well up until the end of the year and then uh, had a couple issues with the putter, switched his putting stroke, was kind of trying to find it. And then I don't know where he here he comes, the the young gun and and along with Victor Hovland, actually, and we'll talk about him in a minute, but uh, put together four really solid rounds and uh, was able to win the tournament by three shots, becoming, I think, the second youngest player behind Tiger Woods to win both a major and uh, WGC on before the age of 25. So, uh, you know, obviously a lot of huge potential for for Colin. As we, you know, move into the rest of the year, we've we've already seen that he can win a major. He's, he might be that next kind of big game hunter that we have with Brooks Kapka, who, you know, might not be up around the leaderboard at some of the regular field events, but in the WGCs and in the majors, he's the guy who is all, should always be at the top of your shortlist for for people that can win. Uh, Vinny, what'd you think about Colin's performance this weekend, dude? So happy to see him getting confident with the putter again. Like, it's just proof that his ball striking really is, like, second to none. Um, you know, Saturday and Sunday, he was unreal. So, uh, that's just such great golf to watch as a spectator. It's, like, shot after shot. Um, either either you're recovering or you're hitting something great. But um, it's really tough to sell me that he was actually better than Hovland this weekend. So... You, you take that quad off off Hovland's card, and you have a fucking different tournament. It's mm-hmm. a good point. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Like everybody's wearing red as like a you know a tiger tribute. What's a better tiger tribute than like just going out there and absolutely holding the field like hostage, basically? I mean, he. I think we we kind of like forget. Because last week's pod, like I re-listened to the pod every week just to look at, you know, you got to study tape in our business. You know what I mean? hundred percent. And we're all like, well, you know, Hovland or uh, more cow, you know, he yeah. just hasn't been the same guy. He's starting to struggle a little bit with the putter. What does he do? He like gets a quick little equipment tweak, starts working on a different stroke. And you see what it is. If he even puts middle of the road, he's going to win or be near the top because – the ball striking is there's not anything else out there like it. I'm sorry. There's no one that hits it as close or as consistent as he does. He will hit it. He took it over water twice on the back nine to hit his little cut to put himself in position to make a birdie. I think it was on 17. He had a tee ball where he aimed it in the lake. You know, like that takes some fucking stones late in the game. I mean, he obviously had a little bit of a lead, but like you don't want to dump one. You know, right. And uh, I just I think it's uh, he's he's incredibly impressive. He's got it. In my opinion, he's got to be a top five player in the world right now, even if the OWGR doesn't say it. Um, and he's also not a power player. Like I, that was I don't know if you guys noticed that, but like on the broadcast, I mean, Billy Horschel's gassing it by him a couple times. And the guy, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what club the guy's got in his hand. It's just going to fucking stuff. it. It's it's ridiculous, actually. Yep, incredible things from Mr. Morikawa. We will see how he continues his runs as we get into the uh, you know the fifth major of the year next week at the players, and then we talk about the other four majors that are coming up here pretty quickly. Augusta's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have another WGC in the match play prior to that, which 
don't think is probably his strong suit, but who knows? He could win that too. Um, let's talk about a few other guys. Vinny, you said Victor Hovland. You know, he made a quad. He finished three strokes back. Without the quad, he wins the tournament. The two young guns here, Mr. Cal and Mr. Oklahoma State, finished one and two. Exciting for if you're if you're the commissioner or you're any of the guys that have anything to do with the tour, you're looking at the leaderboard and you're seeing two of your young stars finishing one, two. You got to be thrilled right now. Uh, Hovland played really, really well this past weekend. He shot five under on Sunday. He pretty much played flawlessly, except for he made a really, really bad quad on the closing hole on was that Friday? I think it was Friday. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, on Friday. That uh, obviously came back to bite him in the butt and uh, cost him the tournament. Let's uh, let's talk briefly about Mr. Hovland. Jakey, what would you think about Victor's performance this weekend? Yeah, I think if you're a Hovland fan or you're just like a, you know, you, you're into this sort of young group that's out there right now, you got to be really uh, happy for like kind of what he's developed in his short game. He clearly showed a lot more of that. Um, and I, I think the other thing about Hovland that I personally like watching, he's kind of like a, he takes a lot of risks. I don't know what the right word is. Like he is a, he is like a no. go for broke player. And I didn't really realize that until, uh, more recently where he tries to hit a lot of shots, like the shot that he hit on 13 out of the weeds. I mean, that could have gone literally anywhere and he like parked it and it made that putt. So I think that was incredible. It was that might have been the shot in some ways, the shot of the tournament, but even the shot where he made the quad, like he actually pulled it off too good, right? He got right. too much ball, blasted it over, and it gets caught on that back lip. If it's in the flat of the bunker, he probably gets up and down for bogey, and we're not even talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, lo- I love his style. I love his style of golf. He's athletic, the move is sick. I wish he wasn't sponsored by Jay Lindbergh because his clothes look like shit. Besides that, like, it's true. You gotta, you gotta love the guy. Benny, what do you think about your boy Hova? Yeah, man. I just, you can't argue about uh, the core of the young guns. Um, I mean, he's gone to second place, fifth place, second place, uh, last three events. That's ridiculous. And, and and you know, those other events, it was Brooks. It was. Oh my God! Who's the other one? Well, At, yeah, Brooks. Uh, you had Max Homa. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the Farmers and the Genesis and the WGC, correct? And um, if you can say that you're you're at the point of your rookie career where you're you know you're not feeling any certain way and you're now you're just playing golf, like those jitters are gone. Um, I, I do. I see a big win for Hovland at some point in time this year. So I'm just more than ecstatic. We have this rookie core, and it's going to be fucking awesome. So let's do it. What do you guys think about Victor Hovland's move? I love it. I would be, I'd like break my back if I tried to replicate that. Um, for sure, for sure. It's it's so athletic, and the 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 ball flight is wacky. Like if you watch it on TV, you're like, it looks like he's aiming thirty yards right, and then it comes out like left and cuts. It's kind of an interesting move. What do you think about it, Dougie? I mean, yeah, it's kind of, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not that athletic, but it is kind of, and obviously he's been doing this a lot longer, but it's kind of like the old swing that I had where I aimed really right and kind of came over the top and hit this big cut. So yeah, I, mm-hmm. I like it. Um, I mean, he's obviously mastered it and he's playing really well. 
Uh, yeah, very, two can, completely different swings between him and Morikawa, where uh, Morikawa is more of a, a tempo guy, and uh, Hovland, you know, is is more not that not that Collins not an athlete, but more of an athletic move for Hovland. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome that they went one two. Excited to see what they do for the rest of the year. Uh, let's talk about a few other guys. Mr. Brooks Kapka, who shot two under on Sunday, was in the mix. Uh, pretty much all the entire uh, way. He, I don't know how to describe Brooks's round. I'm trying to think of a good word. He shot two under on Saturday. He went deep on Friday. He shot seven. He was seven under with one to play. Made a bogey on 18. I think Brooks is back. In my opinion, you know, he just got run down by Colin, who played a really, really good field, um, field event this past week at the WGC. I believe Brooks, you could pencil him in for either the PGA or the U.S. Open this year. He might win both. I don't know. Um, curious to get your guys' thoughts. If you think Brooks is all the way back, you know, obviously he, he won two weeks ago. He's played well uh, since then. What do we think about Brooks, uh, you know, his T2 as he finished tied with Hovland and Horschel, three shots back behind Morikawa, Vinny. I'll go. Um, yeah, I think I, I think if you're looking at the calendar, it's probably, if you're another player, like, you know, at the top of the game, it's probably a little scary to see Brooks doing what he's doing now, as, like, you just mentioned, Doug, like, as we're heading into, like, the big, you know, events of the season. And he's only shown sort of better and better, right? He kind of, I don't want to say he lucks into a win because he doesn't luck into a win in um, Scottsdale, right? He makes right. an incredible, incredible shot on 17 and, and puts a lot of pressure on Xander and ends up, uh, ends up winning there. And then maybe he doesn't have his best stuff, but you still see him, you know, making cuts, top 20, top 10, this week, he had some nagging neck issues. It almost didn't even matter. Uh, I think if you're thinking about major season, you're starting to look at the landscape. There's some really good courses for Brooks out there this year. Tory is really good for him. Kiowa is really good for him. And he's played well at the Masters. So, Vinny, you back from your mute button issue? Oh, I've been here. Oh, I'm okay. here. What do you think about Brooksy? Yeah, I just... You save the big game hunter for the courses you know he's going to play great on. You can't expect him to win every week, even if he's playing as good as he can. So, uh, yeah, I think he's back. I really do. Well, we'll see what happens with old Brooksy here. I agree. I think he's, uh, you know, as long as he stays healthy, he is ready to roll. Um, Jakey, I know you texted us about Billy Horsell's comments that he made when they interviewed him about the golf course. Uh, and you wanted to comment on that. What did you think about I guess you can talk a little bit about uh, Horschel's play and also his comments. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge Billy Horschel fan, which is probably why I wanted to bring this up on the pod. But at the same time, I mean, like, you can't, you can't deny the guy what he does. I mean, when he, gets, uh, when he gets hot, it's like supernova hot, right? I mean, a couple of years ago, he came from, like, absolutely nowhere to win the FedEx cup and, right. and he was, he was in the mix today. Let's not get that twisted. He was definitely in the mix today. By the way, can we, it's time to, and this is another fashion take. I'm sorry, listeners. We got, it's time to get rid of the white pants. I'm done with it. 
it's not fucking fashionable anymore. It looks shitty, especially if you got the white pants where I can see the outline of the pockets. Just get rid of them. It's we're done with it, man. Just wear another color. Right. He's a big white <laughs> pants guy, though. That's his. That's his thing. He wears uh, that at least once a week. I know, I know, but like, come on, man. Like, it's it's not 2010 anymore. Like, we can be done with the white pants. So, but basically, he got interviewed, and I think Billy Horschel a lot of times likes to sort of say his piece. And he did it last year, right before the COVID break. Um, you know, he was interviewed uh, at, I think he was actually interviewed at the players, if I remember correctly. I can't remember the whole concept, context of it. But, you know, they asked him about playing a course and does he like playing tougher courses or courses that really, you know, um, separate the, the wheat from the chaff, so to speak. And he says, like, yeah, I do. And I wish we did it more often, but I know it's not the, the tour's fault that we don't play courses like this more often. But like, it is the tour's fault, dude. Like, they choose the venue, right? Like, they choose the venue. The reason the tour goes to TPC X, Y, and Z all the time is because they own those courses, and it's rent-free for them. The reason that they go to courses where they only put the pins on, like, less than X amount percent slope is because they don't want to make it that hard on the players. They want scores to go up. You can't sit there and say like, oh, we're at this hard golf course. I wish I went to hard golf courses more because it's where I play my best golf. And then say, but it's not the tourist fault that we don't go. Because it is the tourist fault that you don't go. And I'm interested to see. Do you guys remember how hard Bay Hill played last year when, when yep. Hatton won? Mm-hmm. Like, I will, I will bet so much money that Bay Hill doesn't look like that this week, right? Last, last year, it was so firm. Hatton, Sungjae going head-to-head. And like balls rolling all over the place and guys having it like it was like a two putt, like you had a two putt. You couldn't even really be aggressive with it. And I like loved that final round, actually Saturday and Sunday. I just don't think they're going to do that again this year. And it goes back to what uh, I think Horschel's missing is like as soon as something like that happens, like what they had, even what they had at Riviera the week before, you know, the tour is like, oh, shit. Yeah, we can't. We can't fucking do that. We, we definitely can't be doing that. We got to. We got to cut the green speeds. We got to make sure everything's soft enough. Like we got, we got to do those those things to make sure we keep this in check. So that's just my point. I know it's nitpicking, but like it kind of annoyed me that it got that much play when in reality it is the tour's fault. Right. I completely agree. I mean, they 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 try to keep it as easy as possible, and then they're like, oh well, you know, they play the U.S. Open every year. I'm like, well, who cares? It's one event where they absolutely kill the players the rest of the field they just give them layups yeah i think Um, horschel actually sorry to interrupt i actually said something about like uh you know one thing that you don't want to do is be embarrassed like uh like we uh something along the lines of like what happens at a particular major every year it's like all right man like i get what you're saying but i don't necessarily think that that's golf is unlike any other sport I, i think is what it comes down to right it's it's if you were to take a, a an F1 driver and put them on like the most impossible, dangerous course, like of course they would complain because their life is on the line. But when we talk about golf, you know, a lot of pro golfers complain like about being embarrassed or about these like right. setups that make them look uh, inferior. When in reality, all it's doing is saying like, okay, yeah, you're a pro, but like you're not, you're not Dustin Johnson, you're not Roy McIlroy. You're not whoever, right? And it, it separates people out. Right. And I don't know. I just, I think that's, 
like when Billy says shit like that, then you go like, oh, okay, well, maybe you don't like it that hard, truthfully. So who knows? Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, I think that the that we've talked about this on the pod. We're, yeah. we're very pro playing new new courses, making it tougher on the players. And, and just, you know, there's a lot of so many good golf courses out there uh, that people just don't see because they're looking at they're watching the same event every year, year, every year after year. So uh, hopefully they continue. And they've noticed that, you know, because they've had to cancel a few of the Asian swing events and a few of the, like this event uh, being played in Mexico, even though we've all talked, we love the Mexico uh, course hopefully they go back there but uh, you know there's so many other great golf courses uh, out there that hopefully you know we'll be able to televise and get some get some play out um, the other guys want to talk about real quick one Dustin Johnson did not play well this week I think he was kind of at the top of everybody's leaderboard he was the most picked guy on Vinny and I's golf pool uh, finished t54 shot six over on Sunday uh, just could never really get it going uh, any level, I don't even want thoughts, just level of concern, DJ, as we get into, uh, you know, the Players' Championship major, uh, or Augusta, guys, uh, 1 to 10, 10 being high level of concern, 1, not at all. Any, what's your level of concern on DJ? I'm not concerned. Um, just, you can't say that he's, like, streaking downward. It's just, it's not possible right now. I think, uh, I don't think we should have to. We should be worried about this, truly. Just just one bad week. Yep, that's it. Jakey? Uh, I'm going uh, two out of ten. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm kind of in the same, two, three. Uh, the one guy that I know, uh, we didn't, I actually didn't write this down on my notes, but I'm glad I scrolled down the leaderboard, Matt Wolf, WD. I know Jakey is very hot on this, so I'd love to talk about oh, Wolfie fuck. really right. quickly. So for those of you that don't know, Matt Wolf went out there on Thursday. Uh, played a very stellar round. He shot uh, eight over. It was 10 over with two to play. Actually went birdie, birdie finish. But uh, he, <laughs> I made a quad, a triple, two doubles, a bogey, three three bogeys. Uh, he actually made four birdies, so not too many pars on that card. Um, but after that, he said, nah, I'm done. Withdrew. Uh, one, which costs one, he gets paid because there's no cut. So he, he gets paid whatever last place is probably, I don't know, $10,000, 15,000 bucks. Uh, he also, by showing up on Thursday, whether he's hurt or not really hurt, which we'll talk about in a second, he cost someone else a spot that could have played. Um, I know Cantley kind of did the same thing. So you could argue, Hey, Cantley, if you weren't feeling well, or you, even thought that you would, might not play. Why not say it earlier than Wednesday night? Uh, but at least he didn't tee it up and then just play like dog and say, I'm done. So, guys, should Matt Wolf be punished for what he did? I mean, I know he's like, oh, no, it's wrist injury, back, whatever he's saying now. But let's be honest. Wolf's been playing like absolute dog shit. Uh, he has not really performed at all this year. And uh, it's coming to show out on these especially on a really tough golf course where he uh, got punched in the mouth early and it continued. And uh, then he just said, you know what? I quit. I'm going to go uh, work on the game. Jakey, what do you think about uh, how Wolf handled the whole situation? Um, I'm Listeners, I'm sorry. You guys are getting an episode where I get to complain a lot. But, um, well, first of all, I did do some research uh, because I wasn't sure if his WD 
kept somebody out of the field? And the answer is it actually doesn't because once that field is set, um, they don't reshuffle and move someone in. Mm, okay. So if it was another event though, which he has done this year, right? Played around or into a round and then got out of there. That does take it from somebody. So that's my gripe. It didn't really happen this time. Listen, there was an article that came out. I read it um, from, I think, Golf Channel's Ryan Lavner, whatever. I don't know where he's a, he's a guy, but talking about, you know, Wolf going through some things in terms of mental health and the grind on tour and, you know, being 21, but kind of being quarantined all the time. And whether that's true or not, like, I'm totally sympathetic to that. However, if you're hurt, don't play, right? Because we've heard about this nagging injury. Right. Don't play. You have to take time off because it's getting like this. This dude almost won a major last year. He was right there at the PGA. Um, like, and, he and he's got a win on final, tour. I mean, he's, he's got he's, a win on tour. Yeah. Right. He's in the final group at the U.S. Open. Like, listen, if you need to take some time, get yourself right, do it. If you know, if it if it's just that your your play is bad. I, I get it. Like sometimes you got to play through it, but also sometimes that can really damage you too. Like you go to a really hard golf course and you know, you don't have your best stuff and you go out there and shoot 80, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, yeah, you, you better get the hell out of town town. Cause if you do that for another day, you're going to feel worse about it. So uh, I, I hope that he's doing something to get himself on better footing at the same time. I hate the WD situation. I think that sucks when you go, um, you know, and, and, and play around and then cut your check and leave. But I mean, like, what was it? A couple of years ago, Berger was injured. He hit like a tee shot. And then One tee shot. And then, yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, it's, it, they all play the game. Um, but I, 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 hopefully it doesn't become some kind of routine for him. Yeah. That's, that's yep. two out of the last four weeks where he's with, you know, WD and like, if, the, if that injury really exists, like, where's your PT telling you, uh, you know, Hey man, maybe you, sh- you should definitely take two weeks. Not like come out and play, play like shit. Maybe be hurt. You know, mm-hmm. maybe withdraw the next week. It's like you can't live your career like that, and you can't feel good about your own game like that. Like that. So, um, you know, whoever's whoever's in this fucking camp, do the right thing if you hear me. <laughs> True. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's enough on wgc from my end anything that i missed fellas or anything else you want to talk about before we move over to arnold's tournament Nah, let's do it yeah no i, I think we can go on all right cool well congratulations to colin morikawa his fourth win on tour already seems like he's like 12 years old but uh the guy is just absolutely stomping and i would not be surprised if he wins again here shortly so we are moving pretty close down the road from concession which is in the tampa area to orlando where they are playing the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week. Again, like I said, this was the last, like I say, full field event with fans and all that normal event for COVID last year where Terrell Hatton got the win. Like Jakey said, out of battle with our boy Sung Jay, who should probably be the sponsor of our podcast. You know, we're going to we'll get that eventually. We're going to get <laughs> Sung Jay to come in here. Um, but uh, Terrell Hatton got the win last year said he had never drank more red wine and played more xbox after winning that tournament so hopefully you know he he does it again this year uh, i know he's been battling some injury issues uh but uh has been playing here in uh here in houston here in the u.s the last couple of weeks he played this past week finished t22 at uh, wgc so uh 
And we have a really, really good event uh, in field down there because everybody likes Arnold uh, Palmer. They love to support him. Uh, they had a huge turnout for you know his funeral a few years ago. He's just one of those guys on tour that no one can say anything bad about. Um, and, and it's always just a, a great event, great golf course um, down in the Orlando area <clears throat> where the likes of Roy McIlroy, Bryson, Patrick Reed, uh, Sungjae, Terrell are all in the field and ready to go. Uh, boys, what uh, what are you guys looking forward to the most this week at, uh, at Arnold Palmer at Bay Hill? Uh, Jakey, let's start with you. Yeah, I think uh, Bay Hill's always a good tournament. I think it always gets a decent field or, or quote-unquote, a good field. I mean, it's been elevated, which helps. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those ones where it, it's a good lead-up into the Masters, just like some of these other tournaments we've been talking about. But the fact that it's like a Florida golf course with similar characteristics a week before they go to um, the stadium course, I think it's a, a good barometer for kind of what's to come. Right. Uh, Vinny, what, uh, what are you looking forward to the most this week? I just, I always like the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Always some good gear to support Arnie and his cause. And, um, it's one of my favorite things. I think Puma does the best. Uh, very sick. I'm looking at the field. It's still a really good field. So, uh, but I also like this event for like a first time winner or a new guy. So, uh, I think you know who I'm going with when we get to the picks. Yeah, it. I, you, I you bring it up. Go ahead, Jakey. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say you bring it up. It does. It is one of the the better logos, uh, for tournament wise on tour. I love the uh, the umbrella Arnold Palmer uh, logo. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, let's jump into it. So again, great tournament as always every year. The Arnold Palmer down in Orlando. We've got a great field this year. Rory playing. Victor Hovland playing back-to-back weeks. Our boy, Will Zalatoris, in the field again. He's playing on the sponsor's exemption this week. I think he's only got like six left, so I don't even know how much money. He's got to have made all the money, but it says he hasn't yet. He needs to make a certain amount of money or tour points to get full exemption. I know that it's a little different this year because of COVID, and they're not doing like the full moving from the corn ferry up, so he's got a little bit tougher than normal. But Do you know the number? What do you know? Because I can tell you right now, since the U.S. Open, he's made just about 1.3. So in the past, I've known it's like eight or nine hundred thousand dollars, but this year I know it's different because uh, because of the COVID issue. Um, so I'm not exactly sure what the number is now. I know in the past it's been around eight or nine hundred thousand for those guys that are trying to get back out there uh, or get full status on the PGA. The easiest thing for him to do is just win. <laughs> just win one. Win and they'll take yeah, win. Just win, baby, win. Uh so uh Jordan Spieth back in the mix. He didn't play last week. If you those of you that were uh looking for him, he didn't qualify. He just missed the uh ranking spots coming from the Genesis to there. But uh I don't I have no doubt in my mind that if he continues to play the way he will, he'll be at the ill match play, which is in his well, not his hometown, but his college town. Um so looking forward to that. Max Homa in the field, Justin Rose, Tommy Fleetwood. Let's go ahead and talk some matchup, boys. First, I'm going to roll with Louis Oosthuizen, who played very well last week, was up there in the top 15 most of the weekend, playing against Victor Hovland this week, who's coming off a T2. Who do we like? Sweet swinging Louis 
or the young boy Victor Hovland? Vinny, who do you think? You have to say Hovland. As much as I am a Louis fan, you have to say Hovland. So, Victor Hovland. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Vince on this one. Only one of those two guys has a chance to win, and it's Hovland, because Louie never wins. So, Cash yeah. machine, though. Cash machine. For sure. I am going with Sweet Swing and Louie Ustase in this week wow. to upset Mr. Victor Hovland. Uh, Vinny's favorite golfer, or Jakey's favorite golfer on tour, Billy Horschel, is in the next <laughs> matchup. Playing against our boy, Sungjae M. Jakey, I'll let you be the first to choose. Yeah, I'm going Sungjae, and I am actually going Sungjae to win this event as well. That is my pick for the week. Ooh, back-to-back third-place finishes for Sungjae at the Arnie over the last two years. Do you think he's going to get three for three (laughs) to first place? Listen, he hasn't been playing well, but there have been flashes, and I just—he just needs to step, you know, foot on the property and have it just like you know possess him. He's ready to go. Love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm rolling with Sungjae. He's our guy, pod sponsor. He's the guy who's going to win it uh, this week as well, I think. But I'm I'm going with somebody else. Uh, just for the pod. Uh, other guy, defending champ Terrell Hatton against. Another Englishman, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's been playing very well as of late. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to go with uh, Matty Fitz to win this week. I just think Terrell, well, the Terrell's been, you know, top 20 last two weeks. I'm going to go with Matty Fitz, who's been playing very well. He was a runner-up in 2019 and has three top 15s uh, in his last 10 starts. So I'm going with Matty Fitz. Ellis, Vinny, I'll let you go to you. Yeah. I'm, well, so like Sungjae, Hatton, um, you know, one, two, well, one, three. Yeah, as tough as the course played last year, you, nah, I got to take Hatton again. Sorry, dude. Um, hmm, This is actually a really good one. I'm, I'm going to go Fitzy. I, I think, Doug, you, you got a point. He's he's shown something more recently where I feel like he he's close to getting a, getting a pretty decent win in America, I think. Yeah, he's been uh, another guy who looks like he's 12 years old out there at all times. No no offense <laughs> to Fitzpatrick. But uh, all right, uh, one of the last matchups who are the number one and two power rankings this week, Rory McIlroy, who Tom did not like his shirt on Sunday. I loved it. Uh, playing against Patrick Reed, who uh, another guy who likes the limelight and playing in the big, big events, finished T9 this past weekend, was up around the leaderboard Friday, Saturday, just didn't quite play well enough at the end of the round on Saturday and on Sunday. Uh, he started the day four back on Sunday. What do we think, boys, about Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy? Jakey, we'll start with you. Um, well, I think you got to pick Rory here. I believe in Rory, even though I think Rory's stuck in a weird spot where like, he plays really well, but he never is really a factor. And that's hard because I think – I mean – Rory just feels like the prototype for all these young dudes. Like all the stuff that these young dudes are doing and winning is like what Rory did six years ago. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to pick Rory. One thing, actually, it's interesting that you brought up Reed. I was looking at some stats and Reed is like losing distance off the tee, which is never a good thing. Like legitimately, he has gotten shorter in the last like two years. So just something to look out for as the season goes on. Um, you know, do we see him make tweaks or, 
even potentially, you know, maybe changes in his swing, who knows, to try to gain some back because he's, he's gotten shorter and shorter over the last two years. Yeah, I think it's just those maybe terrible just ass shirts he's wearing, limiting <laughs> his mobility. Oh, that it, it, there you go. It's the tight <laughs> shirts. I didn't even think about that. Did Actually, speaking of shirts, did you guys see that Scheffler wore the same shirt as Rory on Sunday? Scheffler yeah, was like a size triple XL. <laughs> that and, you know, I think Rory's a little bit more cut than Scheffler is. So, yeah, not a great look for Scotty there. I feel like Scheffler's got a vibe where he's like a dude I would definitely hang out with. He just seems sure. like, he's just like, I don't give a fuck. I just going to go play some golf now. Yeah, he's the guy who's like, you guys mind if I play in my bare feet out here today? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Juice? Like, what's the deal? Um, okay, my last matchup, I got Mr. Bryson, Big Beef DeChambeau, playing against Will Zalatoris. Oof. Let's go. I'll go first. I'm going to roll with Will Zalatoris, even though, you know, Bryson had a sneaky top 25 last week. Um, and, uh, you know, has in the past played very well down in Florida. Uh, had a solo fourth last year. So I'm going to go with uh, Will Zalatoris, even though uh, Bryson's starting to play a little bit better in the last two weeks than he has, uh, you know, to start the year. Vinny, let's go with you. Yeah, I'm still shying away from Bryson. I think whatever headspace he's in, um, he just he's not he doesn't know how to keep it for four days, four rounds of golf. I just, I mean, Friday was demoralizing, and then he came out and played unreal, and then demoralizing. I just, I don't, I still don't think he's just all the way there, and his game and and mental space. So. Whatever people were ragging on him for over the past year, maybe it's just finally getting to him. Jakey? Mm. Yeah, I think I'm going Bryson on this one. I think it's a, as much as I don't like to take Bryson normally, I think it's a horses for courses thing. Like, he's very good there. It sets up very well for what he does well. Um, you know, he to me, he's the first guy that's eventually going to try to, like, drive it, like, across the lake on the boomerang par five or probably right. par four rather. Like he's the first guy I think that's going to try that. So I just think it's a good course for him. Hmm. Okay. By the way, by the way, I, I think I've been, uh, we, we've been trying to keep track of, of picks to a degree. I've been kind of shredding my, my picks. I've been doing pretty good in our, just for the. Who, for the who won last week? I don't even remember who you I won. Took. I had, I had fee now. Oh, Tony Fanu. Just to be clear, factors. I have not been good. I am well, still ice cold. I'm let's uh, let's go back really quickly because I took Cantlay, but he WD'd, so I went with Webb Simpson. So, Weber. you know, you could say that Doug did a little better than Finau, but... Uh, or did Finau, feed, did Finau beat Webb? I actually, you know what? I forgot that you took Webb because I was listening back and I remember you said Cantlay, so... Um, I think he might have. Let me look. Let's look at the leaderboard here. Take a look real quick. Uh, nope. Webb got Finau by two shots, three shots. Okay. 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 So there you go. But yes, I mean, technically my guy WD'd, but yeah, also you saved me. So thank you for that, Jakey. You're welcome. Um, for, for telling me that. Guys, let's get into it. I think we've all said what our picks are going to be, but picks for the week. Uh, Jakey, you're rolling with Sung JM. Am I correct? Yep. Sunger for me this week. And uh, Vinny, who are you rolling with? 
Willie Z to get it done. Wow, Willie is wow. out. I think have we all picked Willie Z at least one week this year? Yeah. yeah. This now is a guy now who we doesn't have. have this is a guy who does not have status in the PJ tour. We all picked him to win one week this year. That's and we, insane. And, and we all know how impressive he is. And the fact that oh, the yeah. fucking PGA isn't honoring that. They gotta is, give him, is ridiculous. They gotta give him a card. I agree. Go ahead, Dougie. Okay. This uh this pains me. I'm going oh outside God. the top fifteen in the power rankings this week. Oh, I am going to roll with Jakey's favorite golfer of all time, Jordan Spieth. Oh, win this gosh. week down at the Arnold Palmer. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is a historic day on the pod. Mark it down. March, well, we're record, recording on March 1st. March 1st, 2021, Doug has picked his arch nemesis to win. <laughs> I still think Roger Reed's my arch nemesis, but... Yeah. yeah, Jordan definitely, definitely up there on the list of golfers that I thought Doug, Doug thought were uh, no longer viable to win. But Jordan has shown me something, so hopefully he doesn't let me down this week. I'm going to roll with uh, Jordan Spieth. I think he's going to come out pissed off that he wasn't in the WGC field last week, so hopefully uh, he plays well. Looking forward to this one, be- uh, again, like the uh, Genesis and uh, Jack's tournament up in Memorial. 550 FedEx Cup points up for sale this week. Typically, it's five 500, uh, and they get three-year uh, PGA Tour membership, which is an, an, an additional season. Typically, it's two seasons for winning. Um, so, you know, this is a big one, and uh, and all the guys like winning Arnold's tournament. It's like winning Tigers or Jack's tournament. It just adds a little bit more of a uh, just prestige to uh, to winning that trophy. So, we'll see. How the guys do this week? I did want to see uh, what you guys thought about the top three and three in the power rankings: Rory McIlroy, Patrick Reed, and Bryson DeChambeau. We'll start with Bryson really quick, and then we'll get into the last segment. Uh, Bryson to finish inside the top twenty-five. Yes or no? That's all we want to know. Jakey. Yes. Any? Yeah, I still like that. Okay, Patrick Reed inside the top seventeen. Jake or Vince? Jake, we'll go with you. Mm. No. Vinny? I'm opposite. I'm going to say yes. I think he's played well at, at tough courses so far this year. Okay, I'm going to say no to Bryson, yes to Patrick. The last one is Rory McIlroy to finish inside the top 10 this week. Vinny? Ooh. No. Jakey? <clears throat> yes. Okay, I'm going to say yes as well. I think Rory... Has a chance to win this week. Um, all right. That's all I've got on the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Anybody else have thoughts there before we jump over to the lounge? No. Nope. Good. Okay. Um, Jakey's taking a little bit of a uh, small trip. I'm going to call it Gentleman's Cup uh, tune-up this past this coming weekend. Going down to Virginia. Jakey, tell us a little bit about uh, what you got going on. Yeah, so I'm not calling it a gentleman's cup tune up as much as I'm calling it like finally playing golf. So I haven't been able to. Everything's been closed here for the better part of a month or over a month now. Um, I just got an email from the club today saying that they're hopeful that they'll be op- be able to open maybe this Sunday. So uh, my a buddy of mine uh, and I were looking at some dates and uh, basically decided, you know, what, let's try to go south. Let's try to get some golf in. So I'm heading to Virginia for. What will be three, potentially four rounds across three days. And I'm pretty pumped about it because we got some good courses lined up. 
um, for this little trip. So yeah, it'll be a good tune up, but I'm excited to go, uh, go down there and play a couple. We're going to, we're going to go to Royal New Kent, which, um, I want to post there's, they have a video on their website. I'm trying to figure out the uh, best way to get it out to the Instagram crew. Um, it's, it's, it's basically like a slightly toned down like tobacco road. So it's like, it's like golf on mushrooms rather than golf on acid, I guess. Um, and I'm very, very pumped about that. Which I, we don't I, recommend to our, our crowd in case the uh, thing that's just, a I mean, unless it is takes. your thing, it is, if it is your thing, people, you keep doing it, you know, you do what you got to do out there. But, um, <laughs> but like we, we played tobacco last year and honest, I mean, I played really good so that I'm sure that helps, but it, it was one of the most fun rounds of golf I've ever, I've ever played in my life. I just thought it was so creative and my brain was just like fucking going ballistic thinking about all the different things you could do and all the different lines you could take and i'm excited to see another um course that might be in that same vein because vince and i've played other strands courses in myrtle and i love those but they're much more subdued so this seems like it's like a, a middle ground between um tobacco road and some of the other strands courses like caledonia and then we're going to be playing at um, a place called Golden Horseshoe, which initially I was really pumped because I heard it was an original like Robert Trent Jones Sr., Robert Trent Jones 1 design. Um, but then I did some more reading and found out that it's been messed with by Reese Jones, which like could be okay, could be bad. Who knows? It'll be something cool. Conditioning is supposed to be very, very good there. Um, and they have a bunch of different nines. We are playing, I think, the green and gold nines. Um, so that should be kind of, kind of interesting. And then the last one we're playing is a place called Ford's colony, which is where I'll be staying. And we have like a little bit of like a unlimited golf package there. So I think that we're going to try to get in 27 holes there. Um, and that's a, a Dan Maples design. I don't know a lot by Dan Maples, but I've actually heard some good stuff. So I'm excited to, um, kind of check out some of his architecture. He has some things in Myrtle as well, but, uh, when we went down there, we never played any of his courses. So, that's the little trip looking at, like I said, probably, probably, um, probably three rounds and maybe an extra nine thrown in there. Nice. Solid. That's going to be pretty dope. Um, and dude, this is gentlemen's cup tune up. Okay. So uh, you need to get your head right. You need to focus. You need to do the thing down there. Um, that's the plan. Anything you're focused on the most with the game right now? I mean, I, it sound, I know I've been seeing some videos. Swings looking pretty decent. Yeah. So as I've been like, you know, trying to get my back right, um, haven't really been hitting a lot of driver Been trying to kind of, when I'm, when I'm at the range, maybe I'll hit five drivers. I, I just really not kind of trying to go full bore yet. So I'm trying to leave that out of my mind and just really focus on, uh, ball striking on this trip and see if all the work I've been doing around irons and, and wedges and, and working on, you know, trying to get to a better impact position um, will, will sort of pay off for me because I mean, just as an example, this weekend, you don't have to hit it super far if you hit it super close. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping that that kind of comes through my game a little bit and also just have some fun, honestly, because I'm going to be rusty. You know what it is. I mean, you guys play a lot more than me right now, but you can hit balls all you want. If you're not on the golf course, you're not seeing fl shots fly and land at targets with particular obstacles in the way it's a lot different than hitting it at flags on, on the driving range where there's no um, 
there's no stock in their shots and you have to, you know, you're just doing it to practice, you know, positions or whatever. It's, it's hard right. to replicate what you feel in the golf course at the driving range. So. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. Um, all right, dude. Well, awesome. Um, yeah, have fun. Yeah. Take some pictures, post it. Oh, take for some sure. videos. Yeah. You guys will get the whole, the whole spiel. Don't worry. <clears throat> Um, I guess while we're on it, I didn't even think about it, but, um, I've been working with my, I guess the new pro at Wildcat. I'm trying to get him on the pod. He's, uh, he's got his own podcast, but, uh, I think he's going to come on. He was a former number one junior amateur in the world. Pretty good, uh, player and, uh, played at A&M with Cameron champ. He's working with me right now. And our goal is to, well, my goal now is to win the Houston amateur. Uh, so we're going to play, I'm going to play in seven events this year, amateur events here in Texas to get tuned up for that, which is in September. So, uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for that as well. I think my first event's the end of the month. So awesome. trying to get, uh, trying to get going, uh, and prep for the gentleman's cup, which is coming up pretty quickly. Um, Vinny, I know I'm, I'm out this weekend cause I'm at a wedding. Jakey's down in Virginia. What do you got going on this week, Vin? You going to try to play? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to end up out at the kitty. Uh, JR and I are going to try to get a round in if the uh, weather allows. And uh, and that's it. If not, it's going to be uh, first lesson and practice range. So that's it. You know, there, there's some scheduling work on the game uh, coming in for the month of March. So I'm really pumped about that. Nice. And then you guys got a uh, little Scalici, the first Scalici Open of the year potentially could be getting scheduled here shortly, which <laughs> yeah. is uh, some exciting stuff. You know, those, those, they, that comes out of nowhere, right? The Scalici Open is like a whirlwind thing where like it gets, it gets announced like a month before it happens. And then it's just like, here we are, full competition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hell, dude, I'm about just always looking forward to, to getting yeah. home and, and playing a round or two. And, you know, and since we've become more competitive golfers, it's a, uh, it, it turns into a competition that Doug likes to call the Scalici Open. <laughs> For sure. I mean, it's it's better than most tradition, unlike any other, really. <laughs> it's um, pretty much always been a pillow fight. I feel like or one sided. <laughs> it's one or the other. Either we both play like shit, or one of us just boat races the other one. It's true. It's very very true. Well, it, hopefully, it's not as bad as the match between Jake and Vince la- or and Tom last year at the uh, Gentlemen's <laughs> Cup. That was a pillow fight. So that uh, was that was uh, a pillow fight. Anyways, guys, uh, we're an hour and a couple minutes in. We hope you've appreciated. And enjoyed the episode. I know we covered a lot. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about the Arnold Palmer and prepping for the Players Championship. So excited to talk about that as they're going to be moving to TPC Sawgrass and the uh, stadium. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. If you get a chance, please follow us on Instagram at the Gentleman's Double or subscribe to our podcast. Leave us uh, any comments, reviews. Leave a five-star rating or any star rating, please. That helps us out. We appreciate it. And uh, with that, Vinny, close us out. All right, my friends. Arnie's this weekend. Some warm weather, hopefully, for uh, for all those Florida folks and South Texas people. J- Jake, I'm sorry. Um, if, 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 you, nice. <laughs> if you do get to go out and play and things just don't go right, Pour yourself a double on the 19th. Kick back. Watch the Arnie. We'll be talking to you next week.